again. Recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Daily Power Parsha. It is great to see you. Today is Tuesday, August 24, 2021. Torah portion this week is Kitavo or Kisavo, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I grew up saying Kisavo, but you know, the Israeli way and the modern way of saying it is Kitavo. So, you know, all us Ashkenazic pronunciations can go out the window. All right, so we have a brand new reading today to explore. Um, This is reading number three, which is perfect for Tuesday. Yesterday we spoke about tithing and all that good stuff. Ooh, it's a short reading today. Look at this. Look at this. This is like super short. Okay, and and you'll see what I mean in a second. Let's do it. Here we go. Kitavo, reading three. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse number 16. Hayom hazeh. You know, my friends, I mentioned before that today is the greatest day because it's the day that we have in front of us. And wouldn't you know it? The Torah reading for today begins with the words Hayom hazeh, which means this day. Unbelievable. You can't make this stuff up. This day, says Moses to the people, this day, hold on, let's let Sandrine into the party room, um, which is this room is what I'm referring to, of course. Okay, um, welcome Sandrine. So here we go. The Torah says, actually Moses, and the Torah, of course, is speaking to the Jewish people before his passing, and he says, this day, Hayom Hazeh, this day, the Lord your God is commanding you to fulfill these statutes, and ordinances, and you will observe and fulfill them with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, you will is more of a hope and a wish and a blessing and, uh, you know, and a command than, than a statement of, of force. It's not like you will do it or else. It's more of like, and hopefully you will observe and fulfill them with all your heart and with all your soul. And, and the beginning of this verse, though, is, is, the, is the important thing that I want to focus on right away, which is the words, Hayom this day. And from here, our sages tell us that we learn the following. Take a look at Rashi. This day, God is commanding you, every day you shall regard the commandments as if they are brand new, as though you are just today being commanded regarding them, exclamation mark. I love that. I'm an exclamation mark kind of guy. And here in this English rendition, Rashi throws it out there as well, which I love, right? Every single day. Yes, today, the greatest day ever, Tuesday, August 24th, 2021, Hashem is giving us the commandments anew. They're brand new. Let me explain the psychology of this, of this, of this, of this idea. You know, the way it works is that psychologically, we get excited when things are new. Like, oh, it's new, it's exciting, we anticipate things that are new. We look forward to new things for the only reason that they're new. I mean, think about it. People get excited over stuff. I don't know, you know what you get excited about, you get excited over stuff. I'm talking about like like um, material possessions, right? Like a new... A new iPhone. Not right. me, but people would line up overnight. People line up for this stuff, right? They line up for the new iPhone. So people people are into like gadgets and devices, electronics. People are into clothing um, and shoes and, and clothes and bags right. and accessories and cars, right? Tesla and how Tesla goes on a pre-order. It's like, I gotta have it. So the question, and not everybody's like this, by the way, but there's enough that certainly makes all the companies and keeps them in business, those that are in business, and it keeps all the marketing people very active. Madison Avenue is very, very active in this, in this regard. And what's, what's the idea? The idea is it's new. You have to have it. Why do I have to have it? Mainly because it's new. Yes, there are features that the other one didn't have, and there's, you know, there's stuff that's going on, but the primary reason psychologically why you have to have it is because it's new. And don't you want the thing that's new? New equals exciting. That's the way the human brain works. I'll leave it up to the evolutionary scientists 
to tell you exactly why the behavioral scientists tell you why you think that way that new is good and new is exciting, but that's the way it is. New equals exciting. And because new equals exciting, we get excited about things that are new. And when things aren't new, we get the opposite of excited. We get bored when things are the same old, same old. It could be the most amazing thing, but if I had it yesterday, eh, no big deal, not exciting. That's human nature. I'm not saying the way it should be, I'm just telling you what you already know about human nature, which explains one of the most bizarre phenomenons in life, and that is the child toy conundrum. What's the child toy conundrum? The child wants the toy and has to have the toy. And is like, please, 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 can we go to the store and get the toy? Day in, day out, for weeks on end, until you get, the, that to get them the toy, they get the toy. They're so excited. They want to open up the packaging in the store, in the shopping cart. Little kids sitting with their little legs dangling in the shopping cart will want to rip open this bulletproof, and they make them bulletproof, bulletproof box, clamshell, heat sealed, double reversed twist ties in the back so you cannot theft that thing from the store. And I'm using theft as a verb here, right? So the child is desperately trying to claw in and open that thing, cannot wait for it, even before it's purchased, before they get into the car. They're already losing accessories in the vehicle on the way home, but come back the next day and it's completely irrelevant. That toy is now, now belongs to the category of old, boring, stale, oh yeah, I think I once had that toy, toy. That's the category of toy that that new, I must have that toy, is now in. And that's not, and by the way, by the way, I hope you realize this, I'm just using kids as our safe space for conversation about ourselves because we do the same thing. Right? We don't grow out of this behavior. You and I are exactly in the same space. We get super excited about things. And then when we have them, it's like, all right, I got it. What, what's new? What, what else is exciting? Human beings, again, why this is so, we could, we could pontificate and, and speculate about this from today to tomorrow, but then it wouldn't be a new conversation Then we get bored of it. But here's the point. Now, the point is less why, but what? And what is the truth? The truth is, that we get excited when things are new. When things aren't new, we get bored. This explains a lot of things. Explains how <laughs> Apple can release devices every six months. Well, I mean, a phone every year and a new computer every year, but you know, on a, 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 several times a year, new stuff is coming out and people are lining up to buy it. And it's not because all the old stuff is broken. And it's not because all the old stuff is obsolete. And it's not because all the old stuff doesn't work as well anymore or doesn't work sufficiently anymore. It's primarily because it's new and you get excited about what's new, especially when it's super shiny and glossy and cool. So you get excited about the new stuff and the old stuff, which makes, and by the way, this is true in relationships, etc. We don't have to elaborate. Getting back to our point with regard to Torah, Moses is telling the people as follows. There's one factor when it comes to Torah, that you might think is a liability. And that is the Torah is not new. Torah is not fresh. All of these modern ideologies, there's so many movements out there. Oh my gosh, so many modern movements and spins and ideas and philosophies and, and, and religions. And there's so many things that could catch the eye as being new. And new is exciting. New is trendy, right? New is what everyone's into. And Moses says to us in this opening verse of today's reading, which we're living with today. Listen, the power of now. Oh, that's trendy. Sorry. But anyway, the power of now means that what's happening right now is what's important. And what's happening now is we're studying the, this, this today's Torah section from this week's Torah portion. And it opens with Hayom Hazah. On this day, God is giving you the commandments. Because when it comes to God and Torah and mitzvot, there is no such thing as stale. God is timeless. God is not a relic of the past. God, nor is God a product of the future. God is timeless. And the nature of timelessness is that it's always in vogue. You know, when you 
by a style of dress that is in fashion in 2000, well, I think they probably have like, the fashion is like usually like a half a year ahead. Am I wrong here? Doesn't matter. It's always a little bit ahead, right? Um, but things come in and out of style. And then there are things that are timeless. A timeless look, timeless classic. What does timeless mean? It means that it transcends the, the volatility of time. Typically, things are really hot and then they're really not. Things are in and then they're out. And these things happen overnight. Something that's timeless, something that transcends time means that it's always in. Moses tells us today that Hayom Hazet today, Torah is in. Torah is cool. I don't think anyone says cool. Torah is, I mean, because cool is not cool anymore. I think, whatever. Right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal the limitations of my modern expertise of parlance, huh? Woke, woke, woke. Ah, you know, woke was in. I don't know the woke. Sandrine can probably tell us. Sandrine's got got kids that age, huh? Sick, as I say. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay. Six. All right. Sick used to be also in. All right. So anyway, Moses. Yes. But we. So the way I look at yeah, like I'm looking forward to the new Torah cycle, right? So I'm looking towards that. So even though, of course, we've done the full year, the full cycle, but for me, that'll be new again. The new. Right. It's a new start. But what Moses is saying is even, is I think even a little bit deeper than that. Not deeper, it's a little bit different than that. Moses is saying it's not just when we start it new, it's new, or we do it again and it's new. But every day, the same mitzvah that you had yesterday, that you have today, it's brand new. The same Torah that you had yesterday, that you have today, today is new. In other words, today, everything is brand new. Joy. There is always something new to find in every day's reading. Beautiful, beautiful. There's always something new, and there's a there's nothing, nothing new under the sun. Didn't uh, someone famous say that? King Solomon, yeah, but that means under, but that means under the sun. As Kabbalah explains, only under the sun, things of nature are cyclical, but above the sun, God, Torah, Mitzvot. In other words, things that transcend the natural order of things are truly timeless, and they are new. That's exact. So there's the way Kabbalah explains that is as a support, as a proof text for this idea that there is, there is newness, but it's not under the sun, it's beyond the sun. So if you, it, not you, if one worships the sun, moon, and stars, if one worships nature, nothing new. Same old nature, the cycles come in, come out, the same stuff. But when we speak about God, and God's Torah, and God's mitzvot, God's wisdom and will, that now we're talking about something that transcends the very strictures and structure of nature. This is something, something. These are things, these are realities that are, that are absolutely timeless. And so bottom line is, the bottom line is that Moses tells us today that today you and I should look at Torah as brand new and be excited about it. That's the, that's the payoff and be excited about it. Not just say, oh, this again. Oh, you again, right? Like you've seen somebody every day for the last while. It's like, oh, you. Okay, I've seen you before. No, this is exciting. We should look at each other also in such a way when we're in relationships, by the way. But the point here is with Torah, Hayom Hazeh. And I love the fact that Rashi guides us with this interpretation. Rashi, the basic, I say basic, not in a negative way, but the essential commentary says, every day, you should regard the commandments as, as if they are brand new. As though you are just today being commanded regarding them. Imagine God told you, you know, I have an idea for you. I have an, uh, uh, something I want you to do for me. You'd be so excited. But every single day, all right, I did it yesterday. I do it again today. All right, it's boring. No, it's brand new. Let's continue. Let's continue. Back inside. Again, a very, look at this. Look at this reading. Look at that. That's it. Four verses. Four verses. Very short. Let's continue verse 17. <sighs> Talk about choice. We spoke about this Sunday at Kabbalah and Coffee. Different levels of, of choice and free choice. 
You have, by the way, if you don't join us live for Kabbalah and Coffee, you can always catch the recordings on our podcast, Knowledge on the Deeper Side, available wherever good podcasts, only the good podcasts are found, and on SoundCloud, and on YouTube, etc. So, Is that a link I can find those recordings, or how do I find, you know? Say it again, is what? Is, is there a link, or like anything? Absolutely. So hold on, do you prefer to watch or to listen? What's your preference? Uh, watch. To watch, okay. So, of course, give me a second. Let me just conveniently pull up a, uh, <laughs> a link. Or you can give me both, like in case I'm in the car or something, drive it, I can listen to podcasts. Yeah, well. yeah, for sure. So, first thing you want to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. And hit the bell for notifications. I'm kidding. I just know that from the script, what, what, what everyone says when they talk about their YouTube channels. So here, let's do this. Let me hit the chat box up with our YouTube link. Boom. YouTube, it's easy to remember. YouTube.com slash Academy. And so we started the YouTube channel, I want to say, um, I mean, I started years ago, but I only had like a, literally a handful of classes, like maybe a dozen over the span of like five, six, seven years. And then in the last um, probably, let me think, year and a half, I guess it's coming up on two years, a little under two years, we've been doing everything also, video, YouTube, and populating that. We have now a lot of content, and thank God we're getting a lot of subscribers. We're close to 800 subscribers, which, you know, it's not like a million, but it's, it's, great. it's getting there. Um, okay, so that's that. And then the audio, this is just for the benefit of everybody. The audio. Better than my YouTube channel. <laughs> well, we so you have to share that with Zero. us, and then and then we. Well, <laughs> okay, so you have to let us know, and we'll. Uh, you got fans, so you know we'll 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 support. Then you have I just posted also the SoundCloud. That's the audio, but you could find our podcast wherever podcasts are found under this name, which I'm typing in on the chat as well. Knowledge on the deeper side. That's it. So we have the YouTube channel, the SoundCloud channel, Knowledge on the Deeper Side is the name of the podcast. You can subscribe, again, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, okay. Spotify, Stitcher, um, Amazon Music. Now we're up on just anywhere and everywhere. And the, the audio, I think we have about 1,300 plus episodes or, or um, classes and lectures. So... Definitely what to keep to keep everybody busy. If we're talking about 13. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So let's jump back in. Oh, so my point is, how do we get there? Because if you want to learn about free choice this past Sunday, um, so just two days ago, I did a class, Kabbalah and Coffee, where we focused on free choice, three different levels of free choice within us and within our, within our everyday choices and our relationship with God and God's choice of us. So... Um, Definitely check that out for more details on that. Let's go back inside and continue our conversation. And the reason why that's relevant is because, can you guys see the screen with Kitavo? Is that what's up? Yes. Okay. Take a look at verse number 17. You have selected. You have selected option three. Unfortunately, no one's able to speak. No. You have selected the Lord this day. To be your God. You know what selected means? Chosen. You have chosen God to be yours. And to walk in His ways. And to observe His statutes. His commandments. And His ordinances. And to obey Him. In other words, you have chosen God. And to follow in God's path. What He wants you to do. That's your choice. That's hopefully your choice. Our choice. Today. Hayom, this day, once again using the word this day. That's a key phrase in Torah. Anytime it uses the Hebrew word Hayom, which means today, it refers to not only the today when it was said originally, but the today of every day when we study it. So any day that we study the Torah and it says Hayom today, it means today. So today we have to recognize that this is fresh. God is real. God is true. God is eternal. God is timeless. God's Torah is timeless. God's mitzvot are timeless. It's new. And that's point, that's verse 16. Verse 17 is choose God. There's a lot to choose today. There's a lot of things to choose from, a lot of distractions, a lot of, you know, different, different realities, different things, different options. Choose God. Choose God. It's the real thing. God is the genuine, 
the real McCoy, so to speak. God is legit. Choose God, walk in his ways, observe his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and obey him. What does it mean to walk in his ways? If I'm not mistaken, let's check out, let's check out, nope, no Rashi here, but the, the, our sages tell us that walk in his ways means not observing his statutes, that's said separately. So what does it mean to walk in his ways? Regarding observing the statutes, commandments, and ordinances, different types of mitzvot, we've talked about that before, that already states clearly in the verse. So what does it mean to walk in his ways? That means to emulate God's ways as described in Torah. So for example, we know that God visited, visits the sick. How do we know this? Because God appears to Abraham shortly after his circumcision. And God said to Abraham, God, God visits and shmuzes with Abraham. So from here we learn that when somebody is not feeling well, we should make a point to visit them. And to, at the very least, to pick up the phone and give them a call. But to, ideally to visit them in person. When somebody goes through loss, we comfort them. When somebody is in need, we should help them. When someone's not, someone doesn't have clothing, we should dress them, etc. These are all values that we learn from God throughout the stories of Torah, the creation story, and other stories. We learn all of these as the sages enumerate in the Talmud and the Midrash, very, very in, in, in a lot of detail. We learn how to be a mensch by learning from God's behavior, from divine behavior. And that's what it means over here, lalechet bidrachav, to go in his ways, doesn't mean to observe the mitzvot. I mean, we should also do that, but that's what it says in the next few words, right? Going in his ways means acting in a, as a mensch in, in the way that God um, taught us, teaches us. Ray. Um, all right, so if I'm not mistaken, the Torah started and ended with God doing a mitzvah. He gave clothing to Adam and Eve, and he buried Moshe. Beautiful, right? beautiful, yes. Yes. Beautiful. Very well said. At the beginning, what happens? Adam and Eve don't have clothing. God gives them clothing. And at the end, Moses passes away and God buries Moses. So here we have two of the many values that, that, that God demonstrates, models for us. Someone needs clothing, you help them out. That means like you know, basic material, physical needs. And when someone needs to be laid to rest, it's a big mitzvah. We should go in God's ways. Yes, Indrine. Yes. Uh, first of all, I'm glad you clarify about the this day because I came late and I, I was going to ask you what day are we talking about. Oh, yeah. But you started to clarify. And I see like in the Hebrew, it says, I am a Zay only once, but not, not the, you know, not uh, 17 or so. Or 18. Yeah. There's a lot of Hayoms. There's three Hayoms here. The first time it says Hayom Hazah, which you are correct, means this day. The next two times it says Hayom without Hazah. It's translated in the English all three times as this day. This day, this day, this day. Hayom really means the day. Hayom Hazah means the day that is this, meaning this day. But we understand in context, the other two Hayoms in 17 and 18 also mean this day. Why doesn't it explicitly state Hayom Hazet also? That's a really good question. I would imagine the commentaries deal with this, but I don't have, all I have next to me is my trusty Gutnik edition, which gives us some insight, but not the Makrot Gadolot that has all of, the, all of the insights in it. But it's a good, it's a good diok, it's a good um, analysis on it. Um, if I find an answer, I'll let you know. But I don't, okay. I don't have, uh, I don't have insight yeah. into that. Well, I was just wondering if another word in Hebrew because I'm not. Mm. What? Uh, it just says Hayom. No, it's word, missing. Yeah. Meaning, yeah. I it just says Hayom, but in context, it means Hayom today. Yeah, and that means also anytime we encounter the word Hayom or Hayom Azeh, it means the day that you and I. It means that day, but it also means literally this day. So, Moses says, we are to choose God. And what does it mean to choose God? Right? Say, so, yeah, I, I believe in God. I, I have faith in God. I love God. Okay, that's a good start. But what does it actually mean? It means to walk in His ways. It means to observe the commandments, the mitzvot. 
to obey him, to listen to his voice. Obey him, I don't know. Lishmol means to listen to his voice. I think it's a little bit nicer way than saying obey, but whatever. Bottom line is, talk is relatively cheap. I mean, depending on where you're calling in the world, whatever, but it's relatively cheap, right? Talk uh, is, is easier than action. If you're selecting God, if you're choosing God, if that's your choice, then you gotta, you, we, then we have to stand behind it with our actions. We've got to follow through, which is the two halves of the verse. Let's continue verse 18. So you've selected God, and at the same time, the Lord has selected you this day. God has chosen you today to be his treasured people, Am Sugula, as he spoke to you, so that you shall observe all his commandments. God has chosen you for this purpose of doing mitzvot. Let's see if we have a Rashi. Ah, Rashi says, what does it mean, God chose you to be his treasure people as he spoke to you? That's a reference to, as he told you, all the way back when he gave you the Torah, which is recounted in the book of Exodus. When he said, Rashi says, and out of all the nations, you shall be to me a treasure. God says, from all the nations, you are the Am Sugula, you are my treasured people because you have the responsibility of Torah and mitzvot. Let's continue. Verse 19, to make you super. Um, yes. Uh, were we, I mean, Adam and Eve are our descendants. Is that correct? Say it again. Adam and Eve are, are our descendants? No. No, Adam and Eve are at the beginning yeah. of time. We are descendants from Adam and Eve, as, as, as is everybody. All human right. beings come from Adam and Eve. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I was just trying, I was just wondering if that, if somehow we were already like the first, I don't, you know, you know, it's very. Uh, nope. No, 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 not the first, not the first. And uh, the, the Jewish people are unique in that God created a relationship with Abraham and Abraham's descendants. And then again, at Sinai, God created a covenant, an agreement. And now again, this is the third covenant that Moses is creating on this day, which becomes timeless, a timeless everyday covenant, where we choose God and God chooses us. For a very specific purpose, for the purpose of bringing these messages into the world or bringing this unique way of living into the world, this unique way of life. That's the unique Jewish legacy. It's not just bagels and comedy. I mean, it's like, it's Torah mitzvot. That's the unique legacy. Um, I mentioned bagels and comedy because some people have argued, even Jews have argued, that we don't need Judaism anymore or Jews because we've done it. We've already influenced, you know, Western culture positively. We've given them bagels and comedy and we're good. We don't need Jews anymore. But uh, there's another element, obviously, a more essential element of Judaism, which is about Torah mitzvot. And that, that's, that's still a thing. Anyway, just talking about it to talk about it. Let's continue verse 19. So God has selected you um, as a treasure people, as he told you at Sinai, so that you shall observe all his commandments and to make you supreme above all the nations that he made. Okay, we're going to explain what that means. So that you will have praise, a distinguished name, and glory. And so that you will be a holy people to the Lord your God as he spoke. And here we get to this idea that responsibility comes with privilege. And when I say privilege, what I mean is that the privilege is carrying the responsibility, right? When you have a teacher that says to one of the students, I want you to be sure to, I don't know, to um, lock up the classroom after we leave. Okay, it's a responsibility, but it's also a privilege. It's something unique that this child does, that this student does, that the other ones don't do. And at the end of the day, Torah and mitzvot, Torah gives us a very unique set of responsibilities that serves ultimately as a privilege for you, for you and I. Um, look, everybody has a purpose. The word, All of humanity has a purpose in general. Everyone individually has a purpose. And there are seven laws for all, for all mankind, seven for all mankind, like the Denim Company, that applies to everybody how to live a good, moral, decent, civilized life. The Jewish people are unique in that God created a special covenant 
And God gave us a special set of laws, rules and regulations that don't apply to the masses. Like on a very basic level, no one else is required to eat kosher other than the Jew. The Jew, the Jew has a mitzvah to eat kosher. Everyone else, eat whatever you want. Just one of the seven Ohide laws is not to eat uh, from a live animal. Don't eat a, a limb or a part of a live animal. So in the absence of that cruelty to animals, everything else is kosher unless you're Jewish. And then you have a different diet. Why? God created that covenant. I can't tell you why. I mean, I could, we could pontificate from today to tomorrow. We can theorize. We can philosophize. We don't know. But here's what we do know. We know that there's a unique code. And that's a responsibility. You ask someone, do you want seven laws or 613 laws? Choose the seven, right? I mean, it's, it's much easier. Much easier to live a good, decent, moral life and uh, check all the boxes when there's seven boxes to check as opposed to 613. And today we don't have all 613, you know, um, uh, that are pending because, or that are applicable because we don't have a temple, etc. But there's a lot. There's several hundred. And each mitzvah has a whole host of sub-mitzvot and details that fill volumes and volumes, 63 volumes of Talmud. Not 63, whatever. Dozens of volumes of Talmud. 63 tractates in the Mishnah, but dozens of volumes of Talmud and, 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 and hundreds, thousands of, of, of Jewish legal texts. So what's the point? The point is it's a responsibility, but with responsibility comes a sense of, of, of distinction and uniqueness. And that's what we're speaking to. Let's see if there's a Rashi here. Um, Rashi just cl clarifies so that you shall be a holy people, so that you will be a holy people to the Lord your God, as he spoke, meaning when he spoke at Sinai and he said, and you shall be holy to me. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not Sinai, it's Leviticus. When he said, and you shall be holy to me, from Leviticus 20, 26. Okay, so that's it. So what's the message of today? Today's short four-verse four reading. The message is, number one, Torah is fresh. Torah is timeless and timely. Torah is able to guide us on our most current dilemmas. I gave a class recently at the retreat a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, at, uh, coming up in two weeks, about cryptocurrency from a Jewish perspective, about market manipulation, Reddit, Wall Street bets, all from a Jewish perspective. I spoke about um, government spying, government drones, hovering above cities, taking video, surveilling 24-7 without consent, right? Is that ethical, legal, moral, etc.? Torah is timeless. Torah is timely. Torah is for all time, and it's for our time. So that's the first verse. And the second, and then the next few verses talk about the covenant, us choosing God, God choosing us, and creating this great relationship. I will say, that as, as in any relationship, things have not always been peaches and cream. It's not always been easy, right? God has had to put up with a lot from us. We've done a lot of shtick. You know what shtick is? Yeah, everyone knows what shtick is. Shtick is like, you know, when things are not so yashar, not so uh, straightforward. God's put up with a lot of shtick from our part, and we've put up from, I want to be respectful here for God, or regarding God, we've put up with a lot of um, challenges from God as well. Right? That's the, the reality is that life is difficult and, and oftentimes we look up and say, God, I feel like Tevya, right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what, what do you want from me already? Can't you make it good? Why so challenging? Why so difficult for me, for my family, for my community, for my city, for my country, for my world? Why so difficult? Right? These are questions that human beings have asked and still ask today we ask. So it's not easy on both sides, but here's what we know. We have a relationship. And in a relationship, step number one is be committed. I mean, there's two ways to understand be committed, but I mean in the way of committing, right? Don't be committed that way, but be committed in a way to the relationship. So, you know, like in the, in the English American vows that you see in the movies, and I'm sure at weddings as well, um, I hear, I take you to love and to cherish, da 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 till death, in sickness and in health, 
So that's the Aspar, that, that typical classic vow. It's not something necessarily from the Jewish ketubah, but it's something that's, uh, that, 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 that has been often said. And that's how, in a similar vein, we think about our relationship with God. That we stick with God, even though it could be stormy sometimes and we're not sure what's going on. Like, God, are you listening? Are you even still there? Okay? Even though we're not sure sometimes, we're committed and God remains committed to us. Even though sometimes we check out a little bit on the relationship and we've gone AWOL and we're ghosting God. God's like, do you hear me? And we're like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've got other things that I'm working on. So, the, the key here is to reset and remember what's going on here in the relationship. Reminds me of the story that I've told. I told the story recently, but I love this story. I heard this from Rabbi Manus Friedman. Story of a husband who asks his wife to warm up some soup and says, I'm going out for a few minutes. I'll be back. But in the meantime, warm up, uh, please warm up a bowl of soup for me. So she puts the soup on the, on the stovetop and she turns up the fire and the soup starts boiling and she puts it into a bowl and everything's ready and the table's set and she's sitting down also. She's waiting. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, five hours, six hours, 12 hours, a day, two days, a week, two weeks, a month, a year, nothing, garnished, no sign. I, listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a parable, so suspend the calling the police and putting out bulletins because it's just a story for right now, right? It's just a parable. So yes, that would happen otherwise, but stick with me. Eventually, years, years down the line, the husband shows up. He's like, hey, I'm home. Soup is there. Soup is still there. He sits down like as if nothing happened. And he starts eating the soup. And he says to his wife, come on, it's cold. <laughs> that would be the ultimate chutzpah, right? After coming back so many years later, no warning, no nothing, and you're complaining about the soup being cold, you're lucky you have soup. You're lucky you have a wife. You're lucky you have uh, a house to come back to, right? So that's also the way it works in our relationship. We can say to God, look, you're not always going to get hot soup from us. It's not always going to be like on fire. It might be cold soup, but we've been waiting for a little while. I mean, we're still here. We're still here, we're showing up, we're doing our thing, and maybe some days it is hot soup. But on those days when the soup is cold, when we're not feeling it so much, give us the credit for being here, even though on your end, it's been a little while since we've seen you. It's been a little while, let's be honest. It's been a little while. Yes, God gives us life and every day and all, yes. But it's been a long and bitter exile. It's been, it's been, a, it's, it's been a while, it's been a minute since we had a temple in Jerusalem and, and you know, divine revelation. It's been, it's been a little bit. So we say to God, we're still here. We haven't left. The soup is on the table. It's room temperature. And that's okay. It's okay if it's room temperature also. So what I'm trying to say is, today's, today's reading, Moses says, choose God. And what I'm telling you is, we are choosing God. Let's, let's take it seriously but not be too harsh on ourselves either. Let's choose God. The temperature of the soup, everyone, everyone can tweak on their own, but the good news is we're choosing God and we should continue to choose God. All right, uh, Mark. Yes. You got something? I saw... No, no, no. I was just... Okay. I thought, I thought you were buzzing in on the buzzer. No. Anyway, speaking of buzzers and game shows, um, Disappointed about uh, Jeopardy over here. Anyway. I have one thing. Yes, Joy. I think that the thing with this, this reading today is that we choose God and God chooses us. And that, that's repeated, that both sides come of free will and choice. I love it. Very good. Good. Yeah. Right. Choice implies a free will. Could have gone either way, but we're choosing. We're in it. And it's, and it's uh, collectively, this is true in each one of us. And it's really a good, good message to think about, you know, less than two weeks or two weeks from today, this is the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, we know in Kabbalah, is the day in which we choose God to be king. We coronate God as king. We say, God, we want another year of this relationship. 
And so that's a really powerful message to remember this time of year about choosing God. There's a lot of other stuff to choose, but we choose Can God. Can we talk about paragraph 19, please? Yeah. Or verse 19? Sure. Let me pull it up. Let me share it. Yeah. About that we're supreme above all. The yeah, nations. yeah. So the way you're right. So the way I understand that is not, and I know it sounds like better than, like, uh, you know, a ranking system. It's not I, my my the way I understand it. And again, we have to remember we're dealing with a translation that's not always exactly you know it's one person's translation. My the, what I take from this verse, the way I understand it, is that Moses is explaining that having the responsibility, having this unique responsibility, puts us the Jewish people into a unique relationship with God that is different than the other nations. So whether we call that higher, right? Um, does it have to be called higher? I don't know if it needs to be called higher, but it is, it is unique. With every responsibility comes a privilege, right? The responsibility itself is a privilege. If you're responsible for taking care of something, that means that you were entrusted. That means that you were selected based on hopefully some, some qualification to be the one to, to get this job done. That's a vote of confidence and a vote of praise. So that's the uh, way I see it. Yeah. yeah. Rabbis, but I mean, if the whole world has seven laws and we have 613 and we're such a minuscule portion of the world, I mean, I mean logically it seems like it's too, we're too, you know, more should have this the 600, you know, more, you know, it seems like more are needed. I don't know, you know? No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, the question is if, if the whole purpose is that everybody should do all 613. I, I don't think that's the, that's the purpose. The purpose is that the Jewish people are doing the 613. doesn't have to be everybody. I think that's the key idea. This is very different than other faiths and other religions, which I think sometimes we're influenced by. In other, in, in other religious beliefs, it's like, well, if this is the right way, then it needs to be that for everybody. And Judaism is like, it's not the right way. This is the Jewish way. So there's a unique Jewish experience, and this is the way it's done. And this is but a unique... But we, we have the power, though, just even though we're so small, to bring Mashiach. I mean, we have the power, even, you know, even though we're so small in numbers, and we're the only one... Right. And Mashiach, yeah. yes. And Mashiach really is the product of the whole world oh. kind of acknowledging a deeper truth, but everyone in their own way. In other words, everyone as they can relate to God. So it's not, it's not about everybody suddenly observing Passover and listening to the shofar in Rosh Hashanah. I mean, it could be. It doesn't have to be. It's about everybody being a mensch. You know, it's, it's kind of like everybody is unique, and the Jewish people are mod. I mean, every, everyone hopefully models this, but we have the opportunity to model what it's like when one is when one celebrates their uniqueness and their unique identity and doesn't feel the need to just dissolve into the the general mass of humanity so by by remaining distinct and having 613 mitzvot that's not the same as everyone else it's a message it, it's it models it shines a light for all as as does other as do other people that there's permission, if you will, and, and that it's okay and that it's to be celebrated to be who you are. So yeah, we have a unique we have a unique responsibility, unique role. There are these are there are certain divine values that are universal, certain that are Jewish specific. It's a it's a composite mission, some for everybody, some for us, some that others should learn elements from, but not everything, some that others don't have to learn anything from. It's just for us. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a complex dynamic, is Torah Mitzvah. I hope that makes sense. That's the way I understand it, at least. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it the way I, I relate to it and I understand it based on my experience and, and study. So, is there another way to explain it? I'm sure, but that's the way kind of that I, that I relate to it. All right. Yes. Yeah, I actually looked up Excuse me. Um, it's actually uh, Kadoshim. Yes. Uh, the reference. You shall be holy. Yeah. 
this is where uh, this is where in the Chumash it says, and I have separated you from among the peoples. And that's what Rosh refers back to. So maybe that's, so in this case, supreme means that we're separated. A distinction, right. A distinction. Yeah. 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 Which, is, which is true. The Jew is, distinct, is distinguished by the fact that we have 613 mitzvah. A unique path. And by the way, it's not exclusive. That's a very important point also. It's not exclusive. Anyone who wants this unique responsibility is welcome to join. That's the whole point. Like whoever wants can join. You don't have to. You have your own set of but if you want to join this team, this is this is this is what we got. This is our this is our role. Um, it's like the grounds crew at a baseball game. I don't know why I thought of that. Um, I was why was I thinking of grounds crew recently? Whatever. It's like you want to join the grounds crew? Sure, you don't have to. If you want to, okay, there's there's a protocol. You know what you know what the grounds crew does? You know, they like take care of the field. When there's like a rain delay, they pull out the tarp really quickly and they run. You know, that whole, or whatever. It is what it is. But join the crew. You got a, it's unique responsibilities, you know, uniquely positioned. It was right. something interesting today, Rabbi. I, I actually had to get a COVID test to prepare for the mood. They have a lot of restrictions. Anyway, yes. so the nurse doing it, he, had, he was Hispanic and he had a Jewish star on. And I said, are you Jewish? He didn't really want to say. And then when everything was done, I asked him again. He said, I, you know. And then I said, well, I'm Jewish. So, you know, we got to talk to him. And so I showed him, you know, 70 facets. I mean, nice. he had the Jewish stuff. I didn't get a chance because someone else, I wanted to try to find out how, what, you know, what's the connection. But right, he, the origin story. Yeah. Obviously, he had a very, it was gold, you know, it was very... He obviously had created his own, some sort of connection. I, I was able cool. to get, yeah. That's maybe, very cool. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know what it was, though. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sandrine, final word. Yeah. I, I wanted to say about your, you were saying that the Torah is always uh, new. And uh, once I was picking up my son and... Uh, I was uh, blasting your your podcast in the car, <laughs> like I often do in the house. So he's used to, very used to hear it. And he said, "How can Rabbi Solish still have things to say?" <laughs> you know? So uh, I want go. to thank you for making it like always very interesting, even if we take the Torah class of the Wednesday lunch and the one of, at night. And uh, it's always, yes, always new, always interesting and uh, inspiring. I appreciate, thank you very much. That's a very, it's a great, it's a cute story. Very funny. And thank you, thank you for sharing that. It, it means a lot. I will say that um, I just looked at the SoundCloud, which is, it's not, it's not all the classes that I have recorded. It's, I, even the SoundCloud is only, I don't know, six, seven years old, maybe seven years old. I think six or seven, and I've been teaching for about 14 years here. So there's a lot more that's not yet up, but we have 1,285 tracks on SoundCloud, which means um, there's a lot of content. And to your point, I guess there's still what to talk about after all these, after 1,300 sessions, there's still more. We're not wait, stopping. What's our number here? For what, almost 300, right, of the DPP? It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. 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 All right. Great to see you all. Don't forget tonight for those that wish to join. Um, we we um, I'm working with the reality of our of our teacher and um, Mrs. Nomi Freeman will be presenting in person for those that are up to joining in person and wishing to join in person. It's called 60 Days, a spiritual and meditative look at the months of Elul and Tishrei. So this is going to be um, a two-part series that launches tonight. If you are intrigued by it, wish to tap into the energy of the holiday, then I highly encourage you to join. She is a phenomenal teacher. Each session is going to have guided meditation. It's going to be a lot of fun. She's a great teacher. So that happens tonight, 8 p.m. You can find out more on our website, intownjewishacademy.org slash 60 days. It's in person. It's it's in person. Yeah, she's 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 not uh, she's not uh, a double 
a dual classroom person. Yeah. So it's going to be only in person, right. and uh, and that is tonight, 8 p.m. Upstairs. It'll sanctuary. be up. Yes, it'll be upstairs in the sanctuary. I'm going to send out an email soon um, to everyone signed up for it uh, with kind of like the logistics and details on it. But yeah, it's going to be upstairs. Yeah. All right. Hope to see you guys. And uh, tomorrow we're back on. Same bad time, same bad channel. All right, everybody. I have a circle question, circle question. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. First of all, is Chabad selling, like, I had to get rid of some of my stuff. The, yeah. Is Chabad selling it? No. Best is to go to Judaica Corner. Janet will have, yeah. The big mats to go on top of the sofa. Yeah, the mats. Wow. Yeah, she sells the mats. You just have to know what size. But I know. highly recommended, yeah, to go to her. Yeah, we don't we don't have uh, supply. Okay. Yeah. We usually get from her. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Rabbi. It's good to think about this now because shipping is delayed and everything is slow. So I I spoke yes. actually was I spoke with her already a few weeks two weeks ago. She has a wow. website. She has a sukkah supply website. Uh um. What is the address? Let's see if I can. Find. Um, I'm gonna try to look in my WhatsApps here for this. Judaica Corner Square site. Okay, here we go. Um, I'll put it in the chat box if anybody's interested. It's Judaica. Can you e email? I yeah, yeah, I can email it to you. JudaicaCorner.square.site. And it has a bunch of sukkah options, sukkah supply options. Um, yeah, I hope it's not too late. Oh, you know, she told me that, um, oh, look, it says orders must be placed by August 30th. So it looks like there's still a week or so. A little less okay. than a week. Yeah. All right. Ray, I'll send you that email. All right. Okay, thank you, Ray. Good to see you. Bo, good to see you. Hey, Bo. Thank you, thank you. All right. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye, all. Uh, thank you.